Welcome to Fanboy and the Hater, a podcast hosted and produced by Mike Hall and Jim Harris, where we discuss the best and worst in movies, TV, and pop culture, edited by Jim Harris, and music by Mike Hall. Ladies and gentlemen, we grabbed our capes and cowls and adult diapers, and we went and saw... Matt Reeves, the Batman. And for me, this was an almost great movie. It was right there. When I got back from the movie, I sat down and I just started listing out what I thought was good and bad about it. And there was almost three times as much good as there was bad. But the bad that was there just overshadowed the good so much that I left the movie feeling like I had just watched a low-budget indie fan fiction. I want to enjoy it. I understand why people enjoy it. I just didn't. And I only saw it the one time. So I, I really think I might enjoy it more down the road. But as of right now, oh, it's a swing and a miss. What do you think, Jim? Well, we are recording this the opening weekend of The Batman. So we did go to see it last night, Friday night of opening weekend. And as soon as the credits rolled, you asked me what I thought. And my immediate response was, to say it sucked would be a compliment. And I still hold true to that. We're going to get into specifics. But as we go through this, you're going to hear me repeat four words over and over again. Boring, predictable, overacted, underwhelming. I don't mean that in terms of the entire movie, but when we get into talking about some of the specifics, it's pretty much going to fall into one of those four categories for me. Fair enough. And of course, as always, very deep spoilers throughout this entire episode. Riddle be this. You've never seen the movie. Why the fuck are you listening to this podcast? To see whether or not they should see the movie. Oh, okay. Don't see the movie. End recording. (laughs) (laughs) Shortest episode ever. (laughs) (laughs) One of the things that I do, as, as we've talked about many times before, I don't like spoilers coming into a movie. I was forced to see the trailer, and immediately in the trailer, I'm like, well, now I already know how I feel about the movie. Maybe it'll be different. I watched it going okay, this is going to be a a darker, much more realistic. I'm probably going to like the idea of the movie. The cinematography is probably going to be really good. I am not going to like Pattinson. And I tried going in with an open mind on Pattinson because I know he's a really good actor. I watched the movie and I'm like, oh, I was right about all of it. But then after I watched it the first time, I like to go watch other reviewers like you know that's what they do is review these movies you know maybe there's things that i missed you know watch how they saw the movie which is why i like this podcast and why i like talking to you jim is things that i missed that i didn't pick up on gives me different perspectives so that when i go watch it again maybe i can find more things to enjoy about it sometimes there's takeaways especially like when you point out terrible things (laughs) (laughs) that take away from the movie, but usually it doesn't for me. So I'm really hoping that after watching these reviews, I'll be able to enjoy it a little bit more. And most of the things that they talked about were the things that I'd I'd immediately listed. Let's just go ahead and jump into it. Before we jump into it, let me just say this. I actually don't have strong feelings about the movie. I didn't like it, but I, I don't hate it. I don't have a strong negative reaction to it i actually have mostly an ambivalent reaction to it going into it i always have incredibly low expectations low to zero expectations for anything live action dc because i don't like live action dc with very few exceptions so i wasn't really expecting much and i actually went into the movie trying to just watch it as a movie without any expectations and just try to see if I could enjoy it, whether or not it was a good Batman movie, 
or just a good movie. Because as we've said on the podcast many times before, I'm not a comic book guy. However, I do probably know more Batman comic book stories only because I've watched most of the Batman animated movies. And many of them, not all, many of them are interpretations of a comic book run. Mm -hmm. So I know a lot more comic book stories about Batman than I do other characters. But I also didn't want that to influence me at all. So I wasn't going into this as like, is this going to be a good Batman? I was just trying to enjoy this as a movie. And I ended up not. The top of my list was boring. We went to see this right after having dinner, which was probably a mistake. (laughs) There were legitimately times when I almost fell asleep during this movie. And the weird thing about how you said that it had like a dark tone, the weird thing that stopped me from falling asleep during this movie, the movie was literally dark. I don't mean like the tone of the movie. I mean, color, like lighting wise, it was dark. And every now and then a light would come up in the scene and it would flash brightly in your face. And that would startle me awake. (laughs) So if it wasn't for that... I might have actually fallen asleep during the movie. Also because the movie is two hours and 56 minutes long. Including credits. Let me get this off my chest right off the top before we get into the specifics. It is well established from our previous episode on the Snyder Cut that I fucking hate the Snyder Cut. Its runtime is just a hair over four hours. I would rather watch the Snyder Cut again than watch the Batman again. Damn. Just to put that in context before we get into the specifics. But unlike the Snyder Cut, I don't hate this movie. We're actually largely ambivalent towards it. I just didn't like it on any level. I'll agree with you. It is. There's a lot of just dull moments. And those dull moments are prolonged, but that's the style that they were going for with it. So I'm willing to forgive that. It did feel very long. I think one of the reasons that it felt so long for me was it was at least half an hour of previews that I was just, I I came into this movie pissed off at the previews. (laughs) Beyond the fact that some, some of the previews were movies that I didn't want to see the previews for yet because they were spoiling things. Right. But then just on top of that, they just kept going, going. I'm like, I've had a long week already. I'm annoyed. I'm tired. I just want to see this damn movie so I can get on with my life. Then the movie starts and it's slow and it stays slow paced through the whole movie. Like it's consistent. And I understand the reason behind it too, because they were trying to push and show more the detective side of Batman, which we'll talk about more later. And detective work is slow paced. It's methodical. There's large gaps of seemingly nothing happening. So I don't fault the movie for the length. I don't fault the movie for being drawn out. But it makes it hard to watch, especially if you have a short attention span. Yeah, I mean, I don't actually fault any of the creative decisions. I just didn't like the movie. We're going to get into the specifics. Nothing that I'm going to get into is, oh, if maybe they had addressed some of the points I'm going to raise, it would have been better. No. I just didn't like the movie. They made the movie that they meant to make. This was not like an editing disaster or a screenplay disaster. This is the movie that Matt Reeves intended to make. And I would even argue that maybe unlike some other directors, I would argue he probably is a fan of the material. It really seemed like it. Yeah. So, I mean, and kind of to your point that someone alluded to earlier, it almost felt like a fan film. Mm-hmm. made by someone who really does like Batman. Yeah, that, that was one very impressive thing. There's some very deep-cut references in this. I mean, there there was a ton of references in general. There's references for the casual fans. There's references for uh, the animated fans. And there's very deep comic book references. It's like, oh, wow. If Matt Reeves isn't a big fan, somebody in the production was big enough a fan to be like, hey, we should do this. There was some really cool stuff there, but I'm like, that doesn't make a movie. It's just cool things to pick out. So that doesn't make it better for me. It doesn't make it worse for me if they're not there. It's just kind of cool things for rewatchability of going, oh, there's a thing. Oh, there's another thing. 
that that doesn't really change anything for me, but it was cool to see. It's just like, again, a lot of things. It's like, it did what it was trying to do. I just didn't like it. Mm-hmm. I mostly agree with you. Do you want to start with what we didn't like about it? Do you want to start with some positives for it? I have next to no positives. The only positive things I could say about it is that I'm ambivalent. There's only a few minor things that I had down that fall under the category of, I believe that Matt Reeves understands some important aspects of a character Batman in just a couple of pieces of minor dialogue. Other than that, I have nothing positive to say. Again, even, even the negative things I'm going to say are really not going to be super negative. They're just going to be, again, I found long stretches of it to be boring. I found most of it to be incredibly predictable. And the acting uh, many times was overacted. And a lot of the story was underwhelming. Since my feedback's going to be pretty much all negative, let's start with your good list. What, what did you like about the movie? So the first thing I wrote down is there is a very solid, consistent tone throughout this movie, including fantastic cinematography. The filmmaking of it was, was great. Like, it was very, very consistent. And like you were just saying, I mean, everything was very on purpose. A lot of the Batman movies in the past, part of the reason why they fell off was there was inconsistencies. And this one is very consistent. I really appreciated that. The supporting characters, you know, everybody outside of Batman, even the main characters I, are, I'm considering supporting in this, they all did a very good job, uh, I think. Other than, I think the actor playing Riddler went a little bit too Joker. The Riddler is crazy, but he's not flamboyantly crazy, really. He's just obsessed with, I'm smarter than you. And I have no problem, again, with the a different take on the character. I didn't like the Riddler, not because I was like, oh, that's not the Riddler. I didn't like it because I thought that that guy way overacted. He's one of my examples of yeah. overacting. And that's, what I, that's where I was going with it. Yeah, but again, it's like a lot of things in the movie. It's a hit or miss. You're, you're either going to love it or not. And actually, maybe I shouldn't say love it or not. It's like it didn't work at all for me. Right. And some people might love the way that the Riddler was done, or again, that character. I guess that's the other thing. If you get caught up in the, that's not the Riddler, he's too Joker, that's a whole, that's one way of looking at the movie. Another way is just, did you like that character? Neither one works for me. That was one of the biggest pieces of just unnecessarily over the top acting. And we, we've talked about this at times in the past, too, of sometimes that happens too much in comic book movies that actors think that because they're in a comic book movie, they have to go over the top with the acting. But again, going back to what I was saying before, everything happened as it was supposed to. So, I mean, that's probably what the director told him to do with the character. I almost never fault the actor. Whenever I see a performance I don't like, I was like, that's what he was told to do. And it was consistent, so that's what he was told to do. I agree. Consistent throughout. Didn't like it, but consistent. Yeah. So, I mean, but outside of him, I mean, I, I think uh, Zoe Kravitz did a very good job. I, I loved her Catwoman. But again, I'm looking at it from a comic book perspective. I disagree. I don't like her as Catwoman. I don't like her. I, again, I didn't like it. Why? Stupid reason? The mask was fucking stupid. Oh, yeah. The mask looked like a friggin' ripped ski mask that she just put on. It looked fucking dumb. But other than that, I didn't like her character. It wasn't so much, I don't think that was Catwoman. That didn't, I just didn't like it. I don't have anything like truly negative to say. I didn't find her character interesting. I should clarify that. I'm a big fan of the actress, but I did not like her character. And it had nothing to do with whether or not because she was playing Selena Kyle slash Catwoman. That had nothing to do. I just didn't like her character. I didn't like, I just didn't like it. That's fair. One thing I kept in mind throughout a lot of this was they said it right at the beginning was this is year two. And so everybody's still kind of getting up and running. So I think from with that in the back of my mind gave a lot of forgiveness to things. So like, yeah, her mask sucked because she's just becoming Catwoman. She hasn't developed the mask yet. So that made that better. You could use that argument, and I could accept that being an argument to explain away most of the movie. It always annoys me that why do we have to keep starting over? But at least they didn't completely start over. 
We didn't go all the way back to the beginning. We didn't have to see the origin story again. We essentially started in year two. So Batman's been doing stuff. He's put some criminals in Arkham. He has his bat signal, blah, blah, blah. But still, we still went backwards. We're still going back to an earlier point in Batman's career as opposed to, why can't we go forward? But I can understand as an umbrella term to explain, well, maybe that's the beginning of Catwoman's career. So she becomes a better Catwoman later. Maybe this movie helps Batman become the Batman I want to see in the later movies. I can understand that argument, but I don't fucking care. I've said many times before, I want to see a live action Bat Family movie. I'm fucking sick and tired of Bruce Wayne. I want more than just Batman. All right. So yeah, it's year two, which I I guess I'll say that as a positive. We didn't go all the way back to the beginning. We didn't have to watch Martha get gunned down clutching her pearls. Yeah. It was at a different point in Batman's chronological history than we've seen in a live action movie as far as I know. Yeah, I'm not really sure because, I mean, Batman 89, they don't really say how long. Yeah. They flash back to the beginning, but... But specifically calling out year two. Yeah. Still counts as a positive. They didn't go all the way back to the beginning. And it also is kind of cool to see, like, he's flawed. He still hasn't figured everything out. He's still figuring out how to be a better detective. Like, he's already a good detective, but he's still figuring out bits and pieces and how to do things. Well, we'll get into the detective thing later. There's a lot I want to say about that. But again, I thought Selena Kyle, I enjoyed. I really thought she portrayed the character that I know. The way that I like Catwoman, I think she played it well. There's been different versions of Catwoman, and if if this isn't the version that you like, I fully understand that, but I like this version. It more closely resembles the version that is the Catwoman that Batman falls in love with. My only point is that I'm not really looking at her as having played Catwoman. I guess a lot of it comes down to I'm really not even looking at at this as a Batman movie. I'm just looking at this as a movie, and I didn't like it as a movie. That's fair. I'm really torn. I, I didn't really like, I guess, uh, John Totoro's version of Carmine Falcone. I see him as comedic too much, and so it was hard for me to take him seriously. And so, like, I wasn't scared of him. And you're supposed to be scared of Carmine Falcone. Yeah. I pronounce his name two different ways because people pronounce it those two different ways all the time. I've seen the actor in dramatic roles, so that didn't bother me. For me, it's, it's his diction. It's the way he speaks and the way he pronounces things. Just the sound of his voice. It's not menacing to me. I could see that. And so I'm, I wasn't really scared of him. But yeah, generally speaking, I think the support characters did really well. Colin Farrell did great, I thought, as a penguin. It's a different version of the penguin than what we've seen in the past. But I think it is a version that is much more believable, in my opinion. I won't bother going into details because my comments will be just repetitive. <laughs> I'll let you comment on how well you thought they did compared to a Batman character. It, it meant nothing to me. They were just characters in a movie I didn't like. And even if I thought a character did a good job playing a character from Batman stuff, I didn't see any of that. I'm not saying that there wasn't any of that in there. None of it made enough of an impression on me to pay attention to any of that at that level of detail. I'll just let you speak or Batman characterization stuff. Other than Batman, when we get to Batman, I'll have some stuff to say. But Yeah, that's all I was going to say for that. I was going to move on. What about Jeffrey Wright as Jim Gordon? I thought he did a pretty good job. That's what I was saying. Generally speaking, all, all the cast did a pretty good job. There's only the couple that I wanted to point out specifically. I mean, I know Jeffrey Wright is a fantastic actor. I don't think it takes much to play Lieutenant Gordon. It doesn't. And again, he's a a very good actor, but he was also on my pet peeve list of there were several scenes where he just ridiculously over the top acted. He's a better actor than that. But again, it was probably just because he was asked to do that by the director. Like the scene where he's like screaming at when when Batman and him capture Penguin because they think Penguin is the big bad guy. He does this ridiculous Jeffrey Wright, Jim Gordon is this comically stupidly over the top screaming at penguin again that falls into my overacting category again most of the time when i was forced to pay attention to the acting it was overacting i think that was purposefully for the character to be like yeah i'm screaming like the absurdly screaming like this to annoy and piss off the other character 
So I, that part never bothered me. I think he did well enough. I don't have anything negative to say about him, but it didn't overwhelm me with awesomeness because that character just doesn't, there isn't awesomeness to play in that character, I don't think. The music was fantastic. I loved the music in this movie. I'll give you that one. Again, it was steady. It was consistent. It was really good. It was well used. The story in general, I thought was mostly good, other than there's some uh, some stumbles, some loopholes, some physics things that bothered me. But I think the story in general was pretty good. I, I, I liked what they were doing with the Riddler. I don't like what they did with the character Riddler, but I liked what they did with the story of Riddler. I liked where they were going with the story. I just wish... I think I gave the example after the movie was like, okay, you're you're going to catch a fly ball. They just barely missed it, but it's still a miss. Like it bounced off the glove. I could see that again. That that to me that analogy kind of fits for the entire movie. Like again, like I said, everything was done on purpose. This was the movie that they wanted to make, but nothing quite lands in the glove for me. The story, the acting nothing hits the glove for me. I thought the story was boring and predictable. I mean, it wasn't that it was bad. It wasn't that it was, well, I mean, there are a few plot holes, but that's not what what bothered me. It's like, for the most part, it flowed. It just was completely uninteresting to me. Like, like I said, I almost fell asleep on several occasions. And the predictability of it, I'm a reasonably intelligent person, but I'm not quick smart. Like, I suck, generally speaking, at, like, brain teasers or riddles because I it takes me a few more seconds to figure them out than other people. So other people usually say the answer before I get a chance to finish processing it in my head. And normally, in the other stuff I've seen of the Riddler, I'm usually a, a couple of beats behind Batman or whoever else in the, it's mostly animated series that I'm watching figures it out. I figured out all of the riddles before they were even said, which was surprising to me because, again, like I said, I usually suck at that kind of thing, which is why, again, I thought it was so incredibly predictable. I actually bit my tongue a few times because I almost said it out loud before it was said on the screen. Right. Same. But did you get the riddles within the riddles? Most of them. Like there was the obvious there was an obvious riddle answer. But then there was the riddle within the riddle. So, like, when when they get the code, but then we's like, well, wait, what if you take away the other letters and then it brings up drive? That's the actual riddle. The other one was obvious, but the actual riddle was figuring out that detail. Yeah, the clue hidden within the cipher was not obvious. Right. But the other riddles were very obvious. But even, the, but even that, though, it was boring and predictable. It's like, oh, let's go back to the crime scene again. Because, yeah, the police wouldn't have searched the garage and found that there was a knife stuck in the tire. Or one of the other scenes where they do it later in the movie, too, where Batman goes back to somebody's house and the police process the evidence, but left it all there. Really? Whatever. And there were just so many times, though, when it was like either Batman or Jim Gordon made a big fucking deal about figuring out the riddle of their clue, like we were supposed to be impressed. It was like, yeah, no fucking shit. Can we just move on now? So it, that was just drawn out too much for me. And again, that's, that, that plays into that whole boring and, and predictability aspect of it for me. Fair enough. For, for me, the issue, again, I keep wanting to jump into the detective part, but that's on the bad side of things. So let's, I'll table that. Yeah, I'm so, I, I keep interrupting you. I'm, I'm supposed to be shutting up and letting you talk about the good things. No, no, this this is what we're doing, man. The fight scenes were cool. Disagree. <laughs> I liked what they did with it. That's under my underwhelming. Nothing in the movie is it is at all memorable to me from a fight scene sequence. It might be because we've seen it. Some of them are just silly, stupid action movie tropey stuff. I'm like, I don't mean to jump ahead, but fucking 30 minutes of this movie could have easily been cut because where the movie should have ended was the scene after Riddler gets caught and they have and Batman and Riddler have the conversation at Arkham. The movie should have ended minutes after that. The fact that it was followed by a nearly 45-minute fucking dumbass action sequence was like, just fucking end the movie already. 
That part of the movie was fucking excruciating. Earlier in the movie, the fight sequences and action sequences weren't bad. They just were underwhelming to me. What would you have wanted to see there instead? Like, why was it so underwhelming? The thing at the end? The movie should have just ended. No, no in general, the fight scenes. Just anything. I didn't, Nothing specific. Like, none of the fight scenes were good to me. They were fight scenes. Batman fought a bunch of people, and then he fought another bunch of people. He gets shot. He gets blown up. He fights some more people. There was nothing about the fight sequences that were particularly... Again, they weren't bad. They just were, yep, he's fighting somebody. There was nothing creative or interesting in it for me. I saw him very similarly to like the uh, Daredevil hallway scenes that everybody's raving about. I saw him very similar to that. No, dis fucking agree. Dis fucking agree. The hallway fight scene in Daredevil is fucking awesome. What's the difference? That one scene is fucking better than anything in this movie. This movie's fight scenes were fucking lame. What's the difference? That sequence was actually a really cool close action fight scene. I don't know. It's a matter of opinion, but to me, it was just boring. There was nothing. Maybe, and again, maybe part of this is superhero fatigue or action movie fatigue. I don't know. It was just like, it's a fight scene. And maybe it's just, uh, well, like you were just saying, maybe it's because you've seen similar things so many times that it becomes boring. But for me, just kind of looking at it, I'm like, I mean, he, he was taking hits. Everything that I liked about the Daredevil hallway scene was like, it seemed a little more realistic of being in a fight. He was taking hits. He was taking bumps. He was countering. He was moving through. And that's exactly the same things that were happening in these fight scenes. For me, they're pretty much the same. I guess just have to agree to disagree. The only fight choreography that I found at least above average was Catwoman. Her fight sequences were well choreographed. Batman just seemed like he was, as a, a stupid analogy, Batman just looked like he was boxing. Selina Kyle looked like she was actually using martial arts. Her fight sequences were more impressive, more fluid. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, she was using, obviously, a, a, a markedly different fighting style, but Batman was just using a stand-there-and-brawl fighting style. Plus, also, I know it's year two, so it's early on. Again, you can use this umbrella term to explain almost anything away, but it was a little bit too much of the, let's just run right into the middle of a fucking group of people and start fighting. The sort of strategic fighting of Batman was largely absent in this movie, it was just like, yeah, let me just go into an underground club where I'll be outnumbered 100 to 1 and I'll just fight everybody. Okay. That's fair. That's actually kind of goes into one of my bads very closely. For me, I guess the boxing style is actually kind of what I liked about it. I, I agree. There should have been more martial artsy, but that's where I get into. Then it looks more choreographed and that's when it's boring to me. Whereas this one looked much more like just a brawl. And that's what I liked about it. Maybe this goes back again to the, the dropping the ball analogy. It was just not right for me. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if, and that's just it. I mean, it's a, it just wasn't, they didn't catch the ball on that part for me. And that's why it didn't work. So it could have been, maybe could have been better. Again, I, I liked Selena Kyle's fight scenes, but most of the other stuff was, was largely forgettable. So from there, let's jump into the bads. We've been alluding to it. We've been skating around it. Let's just jump into the detective story. The detective story for me on this, and this is like everybody's touting this as like, we finally get the detective story that we've been wanting. Other than alluding to he can be a detective, there isn't really any detective work in this, in my opinion. I like the contact lenses that he records things, then he goes back and, and writes it down and reevaluates it to show that he's a detective. When he's going through the crime scene, he's like looking at things and kind of pointing things out to the detectives to show that he's a detective. But otherwise, this whole thing is him half-assed trying to figure out these riddles and then stumbling on the answers. I agree. And that's what really bothered me throughout this whole thing is so much of him succeeding was just right place, right time, happened upon the right thing. Like even the, even the fucking car chase scene... Things just happen to line up so he has a perfect ramp to get through. I mean, just fucking god damn it. I, I get so tired of that shit. And like, 
oh, bring the rat into the light. And they keep saying that over and over again. And then he just happens to stand under a street light and like, oh, are the rats in the light? Fucking God damn it. There was zero actual real detective work in this. And even the solving the riddles, he never even fucking solved the riddles. He just stumbled upon the answers. But one thing I did like, though, is even the Riddler's like, oh, maybe you're not as smart as I thought you were. You didn't actually solve these. They even pointed out that the motherfucker can't be a detective. Right. So going back to your point, it's like, that's one of the things I've always said I wanted to see the Bat family. But if, if I could pick a dimension of Batman that I wanted to see in the live action movies is I want the great detective. This is probably the most extensive attempt at adding that dimensionality of Batman in a Batman live-action movie. But I agree, it just didn't work. They seem to be almost like trying to get credit for trying to do it. Hey, look, he's not just using his fists. He's thinking, he's figuring out clues and stuff. Which, again, if you're going to pick a villain for him to go up against to try to show his detective work, the Riddler was a good choice. Yeah. But yeah, I was unimpressed with his detective work. It's like they just couldn't figure out a good source. Like, watch the animated movies. Right. He does a lot of detective work in the animated movies. There's your source. Just do what they do. I mean, everybody loves the animated movies. The animated movies are awesome. Do what they're doing in the animated movies, live action. Yes. And it'll be great. Yes. I I still argue to this day if they, I mean, because not everyone has seen them, the animated movies. It would be difficult. I mean, well, some of them are multi-part. Some of the, the animated movies are shorter. But if they literally just did a live-action adaptation of some of the animated movies, they would be fucking awesome. Exactly. There would be no creativity there, but most people have not seen those movies, and they would be blown away with how good the movie is. I don't even care about doing an adaptation of that. I'm just like, there's a similar theme in those movies of how the character is and how the stories go. Just do that. Like, you can create a whole new story. You can create a whole new everything just Follow the beats that they're doing in those movies. It's going to be good. It's going to be great. And instead, they're like, oh, we're going to make it a detective story. And by that, we mean he's going to look at things and sigh and not say much. And we're just going to have it be slow. So instead of fighting, he's thinking, well, yeah, he was just sitting there trying to figure out a, a riddle. He's not like doing detective work. Figuring out a riddle isn't doing detective work. Yeah, exactly. Figuring out the cipher is, but he didn't even figure out the cipher. Alfred did. Yes, true. That part was deeply disappointing. Kind of under that same topic, I didn't really like the Bat Noir, the voiceover stuff. So the detective noir is sort of a genre of movies where like it's usually a private detective who's giving his voiceover work of, of talking about his case and stuff like that. So right from the very beginning of the movie, we hear his voice doing that sort of like voiceover detective noir thing. And my immediate response was, I really fucking hope that's not Batman. Please let that be the Riddler or somebody else. And then when we find out that it is Batman, I'm like, oh, that's fucking terrible. And they kept doing it. And return to it at the end again. And again, it's one of those things like if it had been done well, maybe it wouldn't have been that bad. But I put that under the umbrella of they didn't do the detective thing well because that noir thing didn't work well either. As stupid as this is to say, it made Batman sound cartoonish in a bad way. (laughs) I won't disagree with you on that. I think it fit with the overall movie theme. So while I did also find it annoying, it was insignificant enough that I just forgot about it. Every time it happened, I was like, oh yeah, this thing. It was just never a thought in my mind. I just ignored it. Oh, I guess there was, since we're, we're starting to get into the bad, maybe I should just say my two good things. I said I, I had two brief good things. Oh, okay. Go ahead. So the, And these were more, again, just getting credit for putting a line in. When Selena Kyle is trying to kill Falcone and Batman stops her, And she's yelling, he has to pay. And Batman says, but you don't have to pay with him. That was well done. Mm -hmm. Stopping her from crossing the line and killing him because then, yeah, she would have gotten vengeance, but then Selina would be in prison for murder. I thought that was a nice touch. That was a very Batman thing to say. Mm -hmm. So I like that. 
And then the other line that I liked, where the movie should have ended, in Arkham, when he's having confrontation with the Riddler, when the Riddler is basically trying to express solidarity with him, and he says, I see your mask. I know that's your true face. That's who you really are. Very good understanding of the Batman character. Mm -hmm. Batman is who Batman is. So I thought that was well done, too. Yeah. I'm going to loop back to that a little bit later. Okay. So I just wanted, I just wanted to make sure I got those in there before uh, we moved on to getting into the bad stuff. Because I thought both of those demonstrated... Again, I do believe that Matt Reeves understands Batman and, and also is a fan of the Batman character. Mm-hmm. Did you have anything else to say about the detective part? No, not really. It's what you said. It really wasn't detective work. Right. Which is also fed back into the why it was so boring and predictable. It's like, just move on. If you're going to slow the pace of the movie down to show us that dimension, have that part of the story actually show him doing some actual detective work. No, we didn't get that. Yeah. So going into what, what you were just saying about, you know, he, he understands, like, this is your true face. You are Batman. And that goes into one of the biggest criticisms that I had that a lot of people have in this. And I've had some time to think about it and absorb it. That Bruce Wayne was not played as Bruce Wayne. He was just Batman the entire time. And that's a huge criticism that I fully agree with. Now, having some time to absorb it and think about it, like towards the end, you could kind of see the gears starting to turn of, oh, maybe I need to do something as Bruce Wayne as well. I might be reading into it, but if slash when there's a sequel, I think we're going to see that develop more. And that goes into what I was saying earlier about, okay, this is only year two. He hasn't quite figured out the whole picture. And there's even were comments in it about like, hey, there's more you could do as Bruce Wayne. He even says like, I don't care about any of that. I'll spend all of my money as Bruce Wayne on being Batman because this is who I actually am. So like you were saying, I think it's they understand the character. They alluded to maybe that part of the character is going to grow. But it really bothered me when he was in public acting exactly the same as Bruce Wayne as Batman to where anybody that's seen both of them is going to immediately recognize him. Oh, yeah. I, I would argue Bruce Wayne was not in this movie. Yeah, exactly. He wasn't. There was this Batman occasionally not wearing his costume. Mm -hmm. Bruce Wayne did not exist in this movie. And again, the year two defense, I think, is just far too easy to fall back on. Oh, maybe he just hasn't learned that he has to separate the two. But I didn't like, again, I don't know the comic books. I only know the animation. The Batman that I know, even from the very beginning, even going back to year one, he understood the importance of the facade of Bruce Wayne. Yep, exactly. That even though that that was not who he is, the facade of Bruce Wayne is integral to defending not just his identity, but the people closest to him. Mm -hmm. And the fact that Pattinson played him like a emo, spoiled rich kid who doesn't give a fuck, <laughs> which might actually be... Probably something that maybe contemporary audiences like, yeah, that's what a, a kid his age who's a billionaire would probably act like. Maybe that makes sense to them, but it's like, that's not Bruce Wayne. I also didn't like, again, it's, it's little things, but I saw him having kind of like an adversarial relationship with Alfred. Like he fucking was an asshole to Alfred until Alfred almost died. Because I was like, you're not my father. Yeah. So, I mean, he was... He's kind of a dick as Bruce Wayne. But so, like I said, he never really was Bruce Wayne. He was just not wearing the costume. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. no effort whatsoever was put into Pattinson playing two different characters. Yeah, I agree. And I, I'm assuming that they're doing that for character growth into the sequels. But at the same time, if this is a standalone movie, again, hit the glove, bounce right off. Yeah, I, th I think we've I think we've beaten that bat to death. Yeah, I, I actually in my notes have him down as Bratman. <laughs> the only other thing that bothered me, and, and I understand the choice, but it still bothered me was they did it a few times where like you hear his very slow, methodical footsteps, and you know it's creating this this fear is, is what it's supposed to be. It's giving him a chance to run away, is what it is. 
but I don't like that because one of my favorite things about Batman was the stealth. But they did show the stealth. Like, they showed he can be quiet and stealthy. And so the footsteps thing was a choice in installing fear, but I, I just didn't like it. Neither did I. I, I would almost go... <laughs> this is going a little bit too far, but I already said that as far as I'm concerned, Bruce Wayne was not in this movie. I would almost say neither was Batman because the stuff that identifies Batman, the Batmobile and the Batcycle were fucking shit. He never really uses a Batarang, only occasionally uses his grappling gun. For mostly, it's just like he played the role like a guy dressed up in body armor just walking around the streets fighting with people. I'm not wearing hockey pads. He basically was more was like the Punisher, but he didn't kill people. I never really even saw him as Batman. Like, he was in a Batman costume, but to me it was almost like someone, a rich kid, decided to become a vigilante and cosplay as Batman. I didn't see Batman. That's actually prob- pretty fair, actually. Which, kind of going back off of one of your earlier points, why it kind of felt like, almost like a fan film. He looks like maybe the best that a fan film could do to make him look. Yeah. Someone just got a really good Comic-Con costume, and they turned the lights down low so that the scenes were dark, so that you couldn't tell how bad it was. (laughs) (laughs) But that being said, though, I guess going back to things that I like, I actually did really like this bat suit. It was, I like the armor plating on it, but still had maneuverability. I liked that, you know, he had gadgets like in the bat symbol. That was pretty cool. Like, I like the, the gauntlets had things inside of them. And that's like where his uh, grappling hook and stuff were. A lot of cool things about the suit. I tried to not let it bother me, but Pattinson just does not have the bat build. I mean, neither did Keaton. And it bothered me somewhat with Keaton, too. Again, I tried to not let it bother me. They had the height thing, which was cool. But he just, he wasn't menacing enough. Batman's supposed to be, like, fear-inducing. And even his voice, like, it was a high, too high-pitched tone to his voice. Yeah, he didn't sound like Batman. That's the other thing. He didn't separate the characters. He didn't do a different voice as Bruce or Batman, either. He barely talked anyway. Yeah, he barely talked anyway, and it wasn't a menacing voice. And you're right, in the Batsuit... Pretty much anybody can look jacked in the bat suit, but in the scenes where he's just walking around not wearing a bat suit, he looks. I mean, I know he is actually he's definitely a lot more jacked than I am, but he did not look like a big dude walking around when he didn't have the bat suit on. Honestly, he looked more like Joker. He did. Yeah, he looked wiry. He did not look like Batman. Yeah. And again, I tried to not let it bother me, but it just did. There's a certain scenes where I'm like, you're supposed to be like just towering. And yeah, you're tall, but you look like you. if I just pushed you a little bit, you'd fall over. So how about physics? So he gets shot a lot and he gets blown up a lot. Fairly fantastic armor he has, though. Yeah, and apparently his face armor was great, too, because, you know, he gets hit with shotguns over and over and over again, but nothing hits his jaw. A bomb exploded in his face. Didn't even leave scars. Right, exactly. Apparently there's like an invisible part. It's not at the bottom of his mask is actually, he actually has a bottom of his mask. Apparently it's just transparent. Yeah. That was one of the stupidest scenes in the movie to me. So he gets caught in an explosion, which first off, Batman would have been not stupid enough to stand there while the bomb blew up. He would have gotten out of the way. But the bomb explodes. He gets knocked unconscious Taken back to the police station, still unconscious. They never take off of his, his mask until he comes to later. For that entire time that he was unconscious and got transported from the crime scene to a holding cell at the police station, no one tried to take off his mask. And the fact that despite the fact that a bomb blew up in his face, there was not even any damage to the suit. There was like nothing that even made you think that something bad just happened to him other than he was unconscious. Yeah. Letting the suit part go, what Batman does is that's part of why he has the cape. And he pulls the cape over his face to protect his face. None of that. Uh, I got so excited in the scene where he, he's when he's escaping the police station. 
and he's going to jump off the roof. I'm like, sweet, we're going to see him pull out the wings with the cape. And then all of a sudden he hits a button, all of a sudden he has a, a freaking glider suit on. And I'm like, oh man, I hope he biffs it hard. And he does, which made me feel better. But I'm like, dude, that was the that was the time to have like the iconic Batman thing with the cape. Nope, we don't get that. That was incredibly disappointing. But immediately before that is another one of the biggest examples of, oh, fucking give me a break. So he's in the police station in a holding cell surrounded by like 25 cops. Oh, Jim Gordon, let me talk to him on my own one-on-one. You guys go all out on the other side of the door on one side of the cage Leave me inside the cage with Batman so that Batman can take the key and get out the other side of the cage so he can escape to the roof. First off, completely predictable because as soon as he was surrounded by all those cops, I was like, he's obviously going to get away. It's going to be stupid. And it was. And then they follow that up with the, why didn't you have the wings that you just talked about? So that was one of the sequences of the movie of boring, predictable, and underwhelming. Well, I, I only have one other thing that I want to bring up, but I, I kind of want to do that last. So what else do you have? The one thing I wanted to come back to that I said I was going to bounce back to earlier, you had said something that how maybe the year two excuse could be used to, to cover some of the foibles of this movie because maybe now they're setting up that in the inevitable sequel, they'll be able to show character growth, that he learns that he needs to be Bruce Wayne, that he learns that he needs to be a different kind of Batman or, or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. I would actually argue that this movie is so useless that you could watch its inevitable sequel without having watched this movie and you would not be lost or confused. I agree. You can completely fucking skip this movie. It does absolutely nothing. Other than introduce a couple characters. Which... Who cares? Because we already know those characters. Even if you know nothing about Batman and all of the other supporting characters were brand new to you, who cares? Because you got introduced to a whole lot of them in this movie. And I don't think it would have bothered anybody that they were throwing a whole bunch of Batman characters were thrown at them all at once. But you didn't need to know any of that before you saw the movie if you knew nothing about Batman. And you won't need to watch this movie to watch the sequel, which to me... Is a fundamental failure. I mean, what's the point of the movie? If Because there, there's going to be a sequel. I can't imagine there won't be a sequel. But what the fuck was the point of this movie? Yeah. I mean, I don't disagree with you. And, and that kind of goes into what, I, what I've been saying this whole time. Like, it just bounced out of the glove. Like, just barely missed. And it wanted to be good. It had all the chances and elements to be good. Or great, even. But it just missed. One last thing for me, not counting metaphorical ratings. The other thing that I thought about this morning, because we saw the movie last night, was I I tried to explain this a little bit before we even saw the movie. It's like I was trying to go into this movie, pretend it's not a Batman movie. Just pretend it's a movie. Just go watch a movie. If you turn this into it's not a Batman movie, it was just about Batman was just like a lone wolf detective on the police department in a city that was being terrorized by this crazy criminal and the cops were trying to figure out what was going on. It still would have been a fucking horrible movie because it still would have been boring, predictable, overacted and underwhelming because the story wasn't all that interesting and nothing really interesting happens. And I really think that the movie coasts on the fact that it's a Batman movie at times. Like, it can get away with not putting in a lot of effort by just coasting on the fact that, oh, he's Batman, so people will be happy to see Batman. Hey, look, the, the villain is a Batman villain, so people will think will talk more about, is that the Riddler or a different kind of the Riddler? So they coasted on stuff like that and forgot to actually make a movie with an interesting story and interesting characters, and instead it turned into a completely forgettable, although difficult to forget with a nearly three hour runtime of a movie. I don't just, I'm even going to add on top of that. Like, so one of the biggest things that people are pushing as a great on this is that Pattinson did such a great job playing Batman. I'm like, he didn't do anything. Absolutely. Any actor 
any wannabe actor, anybody that's been in a commercial before could have done what he did. He did nothing. It was one note. Nothing happened. No great delivery on anything. He barely even had more than two words at a time. Oh, yeah. I mean, and again, he is a good actor. Yeah. But you don't see that in this movie. I agree. Anyone could have played that role the way that they did it, which is, again, even if it wasn't a Batman movie, it was if it was just Robert Pattinson as a detective in some police story, I would have been like, wow, he really phoned that one in and didn't even try acting. Right. Exactly. It's even worse than a Batman movie. It's just like you did nothing. Not only did you not separate Bruce Wayne from Batman and play the two different characters separately, you didn't even play Bruce Wayne at all, but you didn't even play Batman either. It's like, I disagreed with you earlier about the supporting cast. Maybe I can give you some of that and say I'm being overly critical. Maybe the reason I, I see the entire thing as bad is that the star was so incredibly underwhelming. Yeah. Somebody else as Batman... Some other actor or Pattinson actually acting might have been able to salvage some of this movie for me. And where I'm going with some of this, too, is if that was what you wanted as Batman, if that was the character that was how it was written and how the director wanted it, why not just get an obscure wrestler that actually has the physique and have him put in the role? Because anybody could fucking do that. At least then you'd have the size. And the movements. I think what I really come down to is, maybe this is kind of weird to say, but Batman is a good actor. Yeah. I'm not talking about actors playing Batman. I mean, Batman, the character, is a phenomenal actor because he has to play the role of Bruce Wayne. Well, he also has other characters that he plays, too, that this would have been a fantastic freaking movie to bring out Matches Malone. Oh, yeah. But no, they don't do it. God damn it. <laughs> Anything else you want to talk about here? I'm done except for my metaphorical rating. So go ahead. You said you had one more thing? Yeah, one more thing that I just want to touch on. I don't really want to get into it because, again, this we don't do politics here. But there's been a lot of political stuff that I've been seeing on this from both sides. You got people on the right saying, oh, they were pushing the left agenda too much in this. And then you get people on the left side that are saying oh, you know, this is a very right-wing Batman. They they bring these things up, but they don't do enough to actually try to solve the issues, stuff like that. I've only seen bits and pieces of it. But to me, I just keep going, God damn it, will you fucking stop? This is a movie. This isn't a political tool. It's a movie. It's for entertainment. We're not trying to solve all of life's issues. It's a movie. So I just wanted to get that out there. Yeah, I mean, it, it didn't bother me for that reason but like i already have complained about it twice at least 30 minutes of the movie where riddler's captured and he's in arkham and then batman has to battle riddler's henchmen for a half hour which are just basically riddler's like incel army from the depths of the internet that go grab guns and start shooting people that whole part of the movie was underwhelming to me. I guess you could read a political message into that of, of someone plunging the dark parts of the internet to fire people up to commit acts of violence. And you could take that as sort of a political statement. That part of the movie didn't bother me on that level. It just bothered me because I thought it was stupid. Yeah. Because it was like, who cares? I don't need to see Batman fight the B team. And the dumb thing with, oh, Gotham's being flooded and they're hoarding all of the people into a kill zone so that the henchmen can shoot them. It's like, it was this unnecessary action tropey extending a movie that was already too long. But I could see how you could look at that as a, a political message. You also could look at the inherent understory of the movie of deep corruption in both the politicians and the police force. And poor versus rich. And yeah, in the, in the poor versus rich. But I mean, a lot of that, though, if you're looking for a political message, you can find it. Oh, yeah. It doesn't mean it was intended. But if you're looking for it, you can find it. And I'm just getting so tired of it. It wasn't like they were pushing it on us. But I mean, two mayoral elections were at the focal point of the story. I mean, the incumbent mayor gets murdered. And then also we find out that in this 
version of history, Thomas Wayne was running for mayor when he got murdered. So they made a political election-y thing out of it. So they added a political element to it and a wealth inequality thing out of it. But I guess you could argue you'll see politics in things that you want to see politics in. But they did give you fodder for it. And maybe that was intentional. Maybe. Maybe people want to see stuff like that. So let's put some of that stuff in there. Yeah. It didn't bother me. Again, it just it just it just faded into the background again of, of an overall story that I had a hard time not falling asleep during. Yeah, those those parts that didn't bother me in the movie. It's the reviews that I'm seeing afterwards of people saying like this is why the movie is good or bad because of all these political things. I'm like, watch a documentary then. <laughs> because this is a movie. This is entertainment. This isn't a soapbox. Well, th- this was supposed to be entertainment. <laughs> uh, yeah. It still wasn't a documentary, but it wasn't entertainment. <laughs> Let's go ahead and wrap it up. What's your What do you got for a metaphorical rating? My metaphorical rating is the not-so-great detective. Like I said, other than the Bat family, the other thing I've always wanted to see in a live-action Batman movie is to actually show Batman being the great detective. The man who is not just super intelligent— but it's just so far ahead of everybody else that he works things out and has contingencies upon contingencies and tactics within layers of strategy and why he's able to overcome some villains who think they're smarter than they really are or how he's able to actually overcome some scenarios where, yeah, it's just him and it's not just all brawn, but it's also brains. And that's what combined makes Batman such a formidable superhero, especially for someone who doesn't actually have superpowers. But yet, we continue not to get the great detective story. This may be the closest attempt in a live-action movie, but it didn't work. So, you're going to get mad at me. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. The Batman you described that you wanted to see... I think, is the Ben Affleck Batman. We just never got that Batman story. I actually agree. Originally, I mean, this is going back years. Originally, this was supposed to be Ben Affleck's standalone movie. He was going to co-write it and star in it. Mm-hmm. Having his own standalone movie, because he, he played Bat. He never got his own movie. He played Batman in other movies. This was originally going to be his movie, and then for various reasons... He backed out of it, and it changed in, into this. But I agree with what you just said. I think Batfleck could have given us that Batman. And I think it probably would have been that Batman if he just stayed involved in it, because Ben Affleck actually is a comic book fan. He understood that character very well. Yes. For my metaphorical rating, I'm giving this a Darkwing Duck. How dare you? I love Darkwing Duck. I mean, it's it's fairly fairly cartoony for what it is. It's trying really hard to be dark, even though it's kind of bright. To me, there's even a part in it where I actually almost went, when there's trouble, you call DW in the movie because of just how ridiculous it was. And I really, so there's one part that I actually like got animated angry about and I don't know if you, you saw that or not, but I'm like, I threw my arms out. I'm like, what the fuck are they doing? And it was a part where he went to, he was trying to cut off the power to the Iceberg Lounge. And he takes a saw and cuts through the circuit breakers, which would cause an arc flash, which is basically an explosion of about 3000 degrees Fahrenheit. So in my head, I saw the explosion and him fly across the room like, and like, stick up against the wall with a black outline exactly like a cartoon because that's the only way that wouldn't have bothered me. But I literally, I'm like, what are they doing? When he did that, that was one of the, like the biggest fit besides the car jump. There, there was also like all the water running and he's just standing there with that much water running that fast. I'm like, Oh, he'd been gone. I mean, there, there's a lot of physics things that bothered me in this, but that particular one, I'm like, do you even know anything? Like, was there not an electrician on set going like, oh, wait, yeah, that wouldn't happen. Ugh. We have an episode planned about movie physics. We might have to come back to using this movie as, as one of the many examples. It's not just it's not just superhero movies. No. 
movie physics in general are really fucking bad. Can't they just have like somebody that's a generalist as a consultant that just knows things to be like, yeah, that's not how that works. I'll do it. <laughs> I don't even cost that much. <sighs> and I'm done. Me too. I don't have a good way to end. <laughs> I think that right there is the best way to end. Thank you for listening to Fanboy and the Hater. We really appreciate it and would love to hear your feedback. Give us a rating. Write a review. Reach out to us on Twitter at Fanboy and Hater. Email us at thefanboyandthehater at gmail.com. You can find all of our episodes on our website, fanboyandhater.podbean.com. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N where you can download the free Podbean mobile app for Android and iOS. You can also find us on all major podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and many more. Once again, thanks for listening to The Fanboy and the Hater.